You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. Today, I want to discuss the magical leadership of the Walt Disney Company. If you sense sarcasm, you are right. The message today is that there are good leaders and there are bad leaders in every company. You should learn from both, but learn what to do and how to do it from good leaders. But more importantly, I'm going to touch on today lots of examples of bad leaders and what you can learn from them is what to not do, what to never do. As you become a leader and as you grow and as you build, the way I did in the beginning of my career, this is where I started out of college. I started with this company with the pixie dust sprinkled all over me, ready to rock and roll, thinking this was the place that I was going to learn how to be the ultimate leader, be the ultimate guest service, take care of people the way magically that they talk about. The whole persona of the Disney way is a wonderful way. Well, as we move forward and I have this conversation and I talk about this, I'm going to go through some examples of good leadership and then not so good leadership. So my first job working out of college for Disney was one of the coolest jobs I ever had. I got to work at the Magic Kingdom and I got to run around in race cars. I got to work Grand Prix, good times, lots of good times, fun job. I always said if I win the lottery, I'm going to go back and do this job for fun. Where else can you ride around in race cars and get paid to do it? dress in a race car suit, and enjoy it. Had some good leaders there, some good people that were really very helpful, very mentoring, very teaching. The traditions classes, which later on in my career, I actually learned how to taught those classes. And the way I taught them later on was much different than the way I went through them. But it was more of a push you through, get you started, got to get people in working, we're short staff, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. That's not the way you want to teach people. You want to spend time. You want to slow down. You want to actually show them, teach them, develop them, coach them. And as you do these things, you want them to understand. And one of the other topics today that's very important we want to know is the number one reason, the number one thing that people ask, the number one question that people ask when they're learning is why. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? How come I have to do this? Why is that wrong? Why will I get in trouble for that? So even in life, personal, professional, no matter what it is, the number one question people ask, why? And it's a great question. So as you're becoming a leader and learning different aspects of leadership, it's important that you always answer the whys, whether it's one-on-one, a group of 10, or a group of a 1,000. As you're learning and teaching and coaching and development, it's very important that you take a step off and go sidebar and explain why you do things certain ways. Because when you do that, people actually understand better and they learn better. And then when they understand the why of why they do these things, then they actually will buy into it. You can walk around and tell people what to do and show people what to do and say, you need to go do this and you need to go do that like a boss would do. And sure, they'll do it once, they'll do it twice, they'll do it every time they see you. But when you turn your back and you're not there, if you teach them and develop them and show them the why, 
they will do it every time because now they understand the importance of doing things certain ways. So the why is a very, very important thing to answer. So going back to the Disney days is one of the things they didn't do was the why. They would teach you, they would tell you, they would instruct you, but they never took the time to do the why. Now, that wasn't everyone. So after that, I went into the resort departments, worked in different hotels. I worked at 11 different Disney hotels at any given point, from new openings, renovations, filling in, all the way through my career for six years there. Spent a lot of time doing a lot of things and met some great mentors. I had one mentor. She stuck with me my entire life. I'm 22 years old, 23 years old. This woman, I will never forget. She was actually the queen of why. And one of the other things she taught me was be respected, don't be loved. And she taught me that at a very young age. I've carried that through my entire career. But as a great leader, she spent the time with us. She actually cared. She taught us. We learned. We developed with her. And I followed her. Every time she transferred, a group of us would follow her to their next location. Because Disney was famous for that. They would let you be somewhere for six, eight months, and they would transfer the managers, and then off you'd go and start all over again. Which to me didn't make a lot of sense, because if you're growing, that's one thing. But if they're just transferring to transfer you, how do you actually get a chance to develop people? You can't develop the people in their roles long term. Four months here, six months here, a year here. That doesn't give you the time to develop staff. When you have a staff of 200 and 300 people, it takes time to develop them. And as a leader, you want to spend time with those people because everyone's different. And being different makes the group good chemistry. You may have the kid in school, the single mom, the, the dad with kids, you know, the whole family situation. There's tons of different, different dynamics that go into being a good leader. As a good leader, you need to be able to chameleonize yourself to work with the people you're working with. So if you're a good leader and you don't know the people around you long enough, how can they expect you to develop those people and build a good staff and build chemistry? So the fact that we had to bounce around and move around, sure, it was fun to learn new things and different properties, but how did that help us? How did that help the company? So that leader, she was phenomenal. She was you know, very engaging very one-on-one, always available to us, definitely put a positive mindset, a positive energy, created the positive culture, and created a team, created a true team, which she understood that made her life easy. The more that she developed the team and the more you develop a team yourself will allow you to be a better leader, but also make your life easier. They always say you can do it all yourself and break your back as a leader, and that's a great boss, but it's a terrible leader. But if you teach the people around you everything you know or pieces of what you know the best you can and develop them, not only will they be happy and they grow in their environments, but you also now create an environment that your life becomes easier because now you can have balance because you can trust people. I always tell people as I'm developing new leaders, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to touch everything but you do never do anything. And what I mean by that is when you get into tasks and you're doing physical tasks, like, you know, busting a table or checking in a guest, and that's great when you're teaching or you want to show people you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. Those are great things to do as you're coming up to the ranks. But at some point, it's more important that you touch those things when they need it. But if you have other people 
You want to coach and develop them so that they can do those things and they'll do those things because you can't take the next step as a leader yourself if you're going back and doing tasks. So you don't want to be a task doer. You want to be a person that's a leader, a coach, a developer that shows people how to do things, but then you let them do it. And this is another thing that I always talk about my staff. I always tell them, if you're going to go in and you're going to try something, you're not sure if it's going to work. I always tell them, go big. If you can look at a situation and say, if I try something new, and this is the worst thing that can happen, the worst thing, and you can live with the consequences of that, then I tell them, go big. If you're going to make a mistake, go big. Go go all in. I want you to give it 100%. And if it doesn't work out, at least you know we tried, and you can live with the consequences, and we can move forward. That's not a problem. Like I said, I want you to take risks. I want you to take challenges because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. You don't learn by doing everything cookie cutter all the time and making things the same way. You learn things by taking challenges, taking risks. And if you make a mistake, you don't go backwards. You start from that point and you continue forward. That's not a bad thing. So when you have the Disney way, you don't really have that. I have worked with so many people in the culinary departments that have left there and I've said to them, I said, why did you leave? This is a great company. They put out a great product. And they said to me, I have no creativity. Even the executive chefs have a cookie cutter way they have to do things. There's a book, there's a manual, there's a script, which those things are great to have SOPs, standard operating procedures. You always want to have those in place. But if you can't have a creativity and let your people go off the shelf a little bit or take some chances or try new things, they're going to leave. If you create such a stagnant and such a cookie cutter setup, how do you expect your people to grow? How do you expect them to learn? So as a great leader, you always want to challenge your people and challenge your staff to what they will do and, and to make them better and to make them want to try different things and want them to come to work every day excited. Let's go back to my first episode where I said, when you get up in the morning and you have that cup of coffee and you're excited for your day, now it's not the first day anymore. Now, I want you to come in with 30 ideas. I want us to talk about 25 of those ideas. And I want us to implement five of those ideas as a team. Because as a good leader, and you have people that come in with those ideas, one person can have a good idea. You present it to five people, you come up with a better idea. You present it to the entire team, you come up with a great idea. And now as a leader, you take that great idea and you implement it. And now, not only is it a great idea, but it came from the entire team. So now your entire team, going back to what we talked about a minute ago, is going to buy into that. And they're all going to want to do it. Not because they have to do it. Not because you told them to do it. But you truly got them to believe in it. And it was their idea. And now they have ownership. So as you have ownership in different things, you're going to take care of it a lot better. I always talk about it when you buy your kid the first car. They never take care of it the way until they buy their own. Got three kids of my own, bought them each a car. They took care of it sparingly at best. Now they each own their own car. Now the cars are immaculate. So I always use it as an example. Once you start putting your own money and you put your own ownership into something, and when you buy into something, it's amazing how much better you take care of those things. So when someone buys their first house or rents their first apartment and it's their money and it's their ownership and they buy into it, it's amazing how much better they are to do. It's amazing how much they go into it much differently. So those are great things. We talk about great leaders. Those are examples of great leadership, great opportunities. 
you know, getting you to buy in, getting your team to learn, getting people to do the right things. But when you don't do those kind of things and you take your team for granted and you become more of a boss and do as I say, not as I do, I have some really great examples of this. And this is a story I've taken for the last 25 years with me. And I have a team of people that experience this story. And so I always like to tell this story because it is the epitome of how not to be a leader. It's the epitome of what not to do as a leader. It's to this day, it still has the same stinging effect that you can actually take a team and literally, literally tear them apart by doing these things like this. And your staff will lose respect for you. You lose trust and you lose integrity. So early on in my career, I was working at one of the Disney resorts and we had a large, very famous uh, concert, very famous musician come in and come in four o'clock in the morning, four or five staff members, including myself, came in at four in the morning to take care of this, this musician and the entire entourage set them up in the rooms, get them taken care of four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, you know, 12 hour day, 14 hour day, didn't care, got them organized. They were there for three or four days because they were going to play Orlando and they were coming up from Miami and we set them up and took care of the entire time. And the day before the concert came and the manager came up to me, the, the manager of the band came to me and said, Hey, he said, Hey, we'll see you guys tomorrow night at the concert. And I looked at him kind of funny and I said, wow. I said, well, you will. He goes, yeah, didn't you get the tickets that we dropped off for you? Because you guys did such a great job and took care of us the entire time we were here. We dropped off a stack of tickets for you and your friends to come and see our concert tomorrow night. It's like, wow, okay. I said, well, we didn't get any tickets, so I apologize. But whoever has the tickets, I'm sure will enjoy the concert. And that's have a good day. So researching the situation... What had turned out was our manager, not the same woman, different person to come in. I'll spare her name, even though I would like not to, because she deserves to be outed on this podcast, but I'll leave it alone. She had taken the tickets and not only did she not give them the people that did the work, she took them and gave them to other people that didn't even work at our resort. She gave them to all her friends, 20 tickets to all her friends to go to the concert, sitting fourth row of the event. Now, here's how karma comes into play. And I'm a very strong believer in karma and how it can work. So the manager, about three hours later, came down to me personally now with an envelope in his hand. And he says, I'll see you tomorrow night. Hands me the envelope and walks away. So next day comes and we have 20 more tickets, two rows in front of the people the manager and her friends, and they did not know we were going to be there. And the look on their faces was priceless, absolutely priceless. They were stunned that not only were we there sitting two rows in front of them, but they also were like, how did you guys find out we took the tickets? Now, that is really, really bad moral compass. I cannot describe you. But not only that, that is big example of how to be a very poor leader. Your job as a leader is to take credit for nothing and responsible for everything. So what made her do that just showed me more 
in the last 20 years that I will never, ever do. And you as a good leader should never do that. Is it worth one concert or one event or one sporting event or one gift given to you by somebody or one prize won or one, you know, pat on the back, great job to you to sacrifice your integrity and your moral compass and you as a leader, your credibility. After that, the outcry caused her to lose her job. And they, you know, they they transferred her. They, they moved her out of that job into another job because her credibility and the way she did things, you know, cost that. And that alone, to me, really says that I would never, ever, ever do that to anyone working with me in, in my career. So that is really important as you go forward and as you become a leader and develop to be a leader, that you want to make sure that your moral compass is in line, your leadership is in line, and you build a good team around you, but you also have to take care of your team. And it's simple things. You want to do simple things to take care of your team that go a long way. It was at that moment that I realized that you can learn something from everybody. As you go through your career and you're learning from different people, it's important that you take something from everyone. So remember that the, the message today is there are good leaders and bad leaders. But as much as there are good leaders that you could take ideas from, mentorship from, and great things from, and you know, have high standards and you know, integrity, honesty, trust, respect. Again, integrity, honesty, trust, respect, all things that you never want to have broken. Because once you break one of those, it's a domino effect. And those you can never get back. So no matter what you do, it's important that you learn from good leaders. And then when you have bad leaders, you want to say, I always say to myself, I learned something from today. I learned something I will never do in my career. And I don't want that to happen. So as I continued my career working at Disney and moving through the, the, act, the different places that I worked with them and different setups with them, I worked at Disney Wild World of Sports and developed that team and learned different things. I carried those things with me. And everyone I worked with and everyone I taught and the people I mentored and the people that I, you know, brought up through the ranks and trained and coached and developed along with people that coached me, it was important before I finally left the company because there was such a political up and down, good leader, bad leader, and cookie cutter setup that you could never be the true leadership you wanted to be. You could never be the real leader that you really wanted to be. You could never be the person that, you know, could step out of the box and, and challenge yourself. But not only challenge yourself, but challenge your team. It's a great place for have a base. But if you are someone that's, you know, creative and you've got great ideas and you want to do your own marketing and you really want to train a team with, some cool ideas and be just, again, creative, that is not the place to be because it is set in stone, you know, this way and this way and their way. And there's the only way. And people that go there and people that enjoy and love Disney, I always tell them, if you're a Disney fan, don't ever want to work there because working for Disney and playing at Disney are two different things. So as I close this today, again, I want you to understand that, you know, it's important that the message be heard that you have the good leaders, you'll teach and you'll they'll teach you. You'll take those teachings and you can 
Keep those teachings going. But no matter where you go, no matter what you go have around you, no matter who you have around you, there's always going to be those bad leaders. But you can't give up. You've got to keep your positive mindset. You've got to keep your positive energy. And you've got to create that positive culture. Because bad leaders will eventually be their own demise. And they'll, it'll take care of itself. And they'll be gone. Which was the perfect example I gave today. That once she did that and created such a turmoil because she was such a bad leader that then she was gone after that. She was transferred out and put into a cubicle. So karma always finds a way. Have a great week. We'll talk again next week. And thank you again for listening to Lessons in Leadership. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.